Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine. I cannot change. I will not evolve. This week on episode 20, I welcome Mishka Shabali, a rather unconventional and uh, unique guest for a show where I talk about God and all things spiritual. Mishka and I met through my husband, Rich Roll, and we've had the opportunity to share a lot of life experience together over the past year or so. And in this episode, we kind of explore why it is that we are actually really good friends, even when we fundamentally disagree about so much. Mishka is a self-proclaimed atheist and does not believe in past lives at all. So it was really fun to sit down with Mishka and go deeper into the inner workings of both of our hearts and minds and discover that there is great value in sharing friendships with people who share a different viewpoint and perspective. There's always a lot of love in the room, a ton of creativity, and a lot of laughter. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Namaste. If you'd like to find out more about Mishka and connect with him and his writing and his amazing music, Uh, You can check him out at his website, mishkashabali.com. Also, please make sure you pick up his book. It's called I Swear I'll Make It Up to You, available on his site and also on Amazon. I love this book. I loved the truth of it. I love the rawness of it, and I love the authenticity of it. Mishka will always give you the truth, raw and real and pure, Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just as it happened, check out the book. I hope you like it as much as I did. Namaste. All right, fantastic. Oh my God, I'm so nervous. I can't believe that I'm I'm uh, I'm meeting in my meditation room for a divine through line, and I'm going to have a conversation with an atheist. <laughs> okay, good. I feel um, I feel better that you're. Uh that you're nervous too. I was just talking to the boys and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, what if he quizzes me or asks me some intellectual like definition that I don't know? Well, and, and, and that's, I mean, I, this is good. I feel like we're starting on the same page, which is the reason that this conversation is valuable is because we disagree on so much stuff, <laughs> you know? We and disagree, like, but we like each other. Well, and, and, and not just like each other. I mean, I, I, I think you're incredibly intelligent and perceptive and you're one of the, in, in no way are you full of shit, you know? <laughs> and that's the conundrum for me is that you believe in a lot of stuff that I don't believe in, but I think you're absolutely not full of shit, <laughs> you know? So I know, by um, the way, thank you for that review on iTunes. Oh, we have, uh, Harry's uh-oh. coming in to get his backpack, I think, or oh, car keys. Okay, here. Awesome. Thanks so much. It's cool, yeah. Well, it was really amazing uh, reading your your new book, which we're going to talk all about, and, and you're going to tell me all about it. But it was really cool to to be able to read that to, to you know, much like this podcast forum and connecting and having these deep conversations and getting to know somebody 
in a way you never would. I mean, it seriously like makes my marriage better that Rich and I podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> um, and to be, <laughs> it's true. It's true because I life, never thought about that. It is. That's so I mean, amazing. we kid about it. We're always like, oh, hello. You know, now we're going to connect. But it's actually not. It's not completely a joke. It's actually true. And after those podcasts. You know, we really come to a deeper level of connection and communication and understanding. And so I really felt having the privilege and the opportunity to know you. And, you know, we're new friends. It's been, you know, in the last couple of years that, you know, we met um, and, you know, Rich adores you. You and Rich are definitely soul brothers and it's really beautiful to see. Um, but I certainly don't know any details about your personal life, certainly not on the level that I learned by reading your memoir. And it was really cool. And uh, just your story is amazing and uh, true and real. And uh, I just saw, I saw in that story why we do connect so much. There's, there's so much in that book. And that's, and and that's, I mean, and that's the power of writing and that's why we write. And that's why books are invaluable to us is because I couldn't sit down and tell you all that stuff over the course of an evening. Yeah. And there's, you know, um, the dinner party wouldn't be long enough for sure. It's also what with the context, like how you, how do you go there? You know, I I tried to date a girl once who said, um, you know, I'm not going to read any of your stuff. I I want you to just tell it to me. And I was like, "I, I can't. I wrote it because that's the only way that I know how to tell that story. It's like me trying to tell you a painting or you know, like, I can't, I can't just say it. I had to write it down and like, um, you know, and it's, there's so much ugly stuff in there too, you know, that, um, it's the, um, yeah. And that was invaluable. I was just, I'm just like, I'm just going to let it get ugly. Just put all the ugliness in there. And, um, it's, it's the kind of thing that like, I think, I think, I think you and I are, are more unafraid in conversation than a lot of people, but, uh, it's not the kind of thing that you would just talk to somebody about or that you would say to someone. Sure. You know? I mean, sure. Well, you definitely took us through those, those experiences in those dark times, which really are very representative of, I think every human life. <laughs> I think there's, I mean, yes, there's different varying degrees, but it's sort of, it's interesting because even in a spiritual sense, like the person that, um, that has gone through, you know, uh, a lot of trauma might have a better chance of actually self-realizing <laughs> than mm-hmm. somebody who just led a very okay life, a very, you know, a very kind of basic life. Never, nothing really happened. They didn't really take any risks. They didn't really make any mistakes. You know, the person who kind of pushed the envelope actually has better odds of, of reaching transcendence. So, yeah, I mean, well done. (laughs) Well, thank you. I like to think that when it comes to failing and screwing up that I, I've, I've been, not a total kick-ass career at that. <laughs> yeah, been, did did a fine job. Yeah, I um, many many of those. Well, I mean, things. you know, people say, "Well, you know, how did you succeed as a writer?" And I'm like, "Well, I failed at everything else. Mm-hmm. That's how I did it." But also, I mean, it, you know, you you know, Muhammad Ali, the greatest, right? Yeah, he was put on his back a couple of times. Extraordinary, extraordinary you know? being. Uh, you know, uh, on his back physically mm-hmm. and on his back emotionally mm-hmm. in every respect. Sure. You know, but we still call him the champ. That's right. Because he got up. 
But you know, yeah. I think the, the this is another point that is is really important to to talk about and to uh, kind of bring light bring to light, and that is that I think we project this image onto our spiritual teachers or people that we hold high in esteem or people that we think did amazing things. And when they uh, fall and they do something human, uh, we completely discount everything that they did that was altruistic or that was uplifting or inspirational. Then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're not who I thought you were because we, we, we project this idea that someone has to be perfect. They have to be this kind of fantasy of a saint who, you know, never farts. Yeah. And, you know, never, you know, never falls in, in any way. And, and I think that that's a, it's a really um, dangerous place to, to be. And it allows us to uh, remain sort of imprisoned by our belief systems. So, um, you know, I do, I have things that are true for me, but I try not to have belief systems because a belief system will separate me from you. And that stops me from the exchange. So I try to live through my experience and share from my experience in a very neutral way, understanding that creation takes many, many, many different forms, and also fully understanding that even my dearest teachers, even the people and the beings that like, you know, uh, showed me another dimension, we'll just put it that way, uh, literally, you know, uh, paranormal experiences or experiences that someone would meditate their whole life to have. Um, I've had these experiences, you know, studying with different beings, and yet um, all of those individuals had human qualities to them that could be construed and were construed as out of balance, as, you know, well, that's not enlightened. And in my experience, you know, we're just all trying to put it all together, you know, on this planet. <laughs> and it takes a full spectrum of experience to become a master, to really master yourself. I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We were talking about rich and, um, and I said, you know, to me, um, rich's greatest accomplishment or the, you know, his, his greatest gift, uh, was going public with his relapse. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, um, it wasn't becoming, you know, it wasn't the plant power thing and it wasn't the Epic five and it, it wasn't, you know, the podcast and it wasn't all the people he's turned on to health and wellness and recovery and, you know, being a better, a better version of yourself. It was, uh, publicly exposing his moment of weakness and screwing up, you know, because I, th and I think that that, and I, you know, I try and carry with that with me all the time that, um, you know, and that's why when I'm having a bad day, I make sure that I like post about it or write about it. Like, Oh man, could really go for a, a liter of vodka right now <laughs> because I want people to know that. Yeah, man. Like there's, uh, <laughs> I hope I don't ever present an image that I'm a perfect person, but I, w I very much want to present the image that I'm an, an imperfect person and that I'm, I'm trying to get better, but I have no, uh, I have no illusions that I'll ever be like, you know, without flaws or I do. some kind of, <laughs> I hold that vision for you, beloved Mishka. <laughs> I hold it for you in my meditation with love right. always. No, Good. I think, don't you think it's kind of powerful? This, this is really super powerful. I found this in my life. Like Rich and I were, t we just did a relationship course actually that we're releasing on mind, body green in the next couple weeks. And um, one of the things we talked about is we talked about, you know, being together 17 years, like, what do you do when like an attraction shows up? 
you know, and, and not very often, but you know, every once in a while you're bumbling through your life and then suddenly it's like, whoa, there's that attraction thing. And we were talking about how, you know, bringing it, communicating it and revealing it, it's, it's not keeping the secret. Okay. So we're, we're committed to each other. We're soul partners. We've been through, you know, a tremendous battle together and emerge on the other side. And, and now it's not just only about us, it's about our tribe, it's about our kids, and it's about what we're doing collectively. And it's just, you know, it's in the collective vision and mission that we are together, you know, and we are committed to each other. And so we were talking about, you know, well, what do you do? You know, how do you really manage that? And the idea is to, you know, understand that energy is just energy, right? So like you're, you're going through your day and suddenly that urge comes up or that addiction or whatever that energy is. And by you communicating it, it, it loses its power because you've, you're not hiding it. It's when you hide it and you suppress it and you try to push it down, that's when it can build and then it can come and really wreak havoc in your life, which is something that you might not want or that, you know, Rich and I might not want. So we, um, we try, we really try to communicate that like real clear, like, Hey, you know, something's up or something's going on. Or, or I do it also with, you know, the alcoholic entity that you know, lives that lives as, as a part of our marriage, which is what I want to talk to you about, actually, quite specifically. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we we call it out. We call it out very clearly. And we try not to judge it, you know, or make it bad or good. But just, okay, this is, we see that, we see that. We see that is in operation. And then with our presence of awareness and not getting emotionally upset about it just by holding that just like i hold for you mishka's self-realization in perfection uh, that can then vibrate up to that level and transform we we've got to agree right now not to just talk about all the things that we agree on but i totally agree with you about <laughs> that i'm i'm all about um i'm all about communication and you know it's you know it's funny one of the things that um that peeves me about being in California is, uh, as the no worries thing, which is, no worries. you know, yeah, I have, no, I have tons of worries. Are you kidding? <laughs> I lived in New York for 17 years. My body is composed mostly of worries, <laughs> you know, and my feeling is that, um, uh, you know, granted, nobody wants to be around anyone who is ex constantly expressing their worries 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, but I have things that bother me. I have things that keep me up at night. And mm -hmm. I know that the way to go to sleep is to tell somebody mm -hmm. what's keeping me up at night, mm -hmm. you know, and to talk about it and just be like, I had this weird thought or like, I've been thinking about this. And I know it's not a good idea. And like, you know, the, <laughs> I learned that from coming down from LSD when I was a teenager. You got to you know? talk it out. Yeah. So yeah. You you're like, you can, it, it can be hey, in your head all night. Like my teeth are rotting. But if you say that to your friend, then your friend's like, no, dude, you're just coming down from acid. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, my teeth are fine. <laughs> so we could talk about our acid experiences if you wanted to. <laughs> well, that'll be, that'll be another one, another okay. podcast. Uh, don't advocate it, by the way. Something that I wouldn't repeat. But uh, yeah. there was a moment in my life. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, There's some that's... mistakes that you got to make once and once yeah. only. Yeah. <laughs> I made that one more than once, but yeah, over, over, a, over a span of time. Yeah, it demonstrated to me the power of peer pressure, actually, you know, really how powerful that, that, that energy is and how I couldn't, I could not resist it. Uh, Even yeah. after I had, I knew what it was and didn't want to trip again. Mm -hmm. 
And then I just caved to peer pressure. <laughs> oh, I, I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I, you know, I don't know where you want to go, or it doesn't really matter where, where we go this time. I hope you'll come back on you know, many times. Absolutely. I'm sure we will. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. let's just go where we're going to go. But, ooh, I almost dropped a mic on a computer. That's not good. Let me move this over here. Okay. There we go. Um, one of the specific things that I wanted to talk to you about is, is um, I found that by reading your book, I discovered that you and I had a lot of similarities in, in a few points. And, and one of them was, um, and this is, you know, sort of controversial, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying anything um, against AA, right? Okay, mm -hmm. AA is an amazing thing, amazing organization. And if it weren't for those men, um, my husband would not be well, and our marriage would not be intact, and who knows what would have happened. Um, so it's been extremely transformational for Rich and supportive for Rich, and you know, you could say saved his life, quite frankly. Uh, on a spiritual level, from a perspective, um, you know, if I wasn't a woman in a family with a husband and I was maybe on my own, my sort of viewpoint would be, well, just drink until you're done drinking, and then when you're done with it, you'd be done with it, right? Um, however, I did. I'm not willing to take that risk in my marriage with my kids. I just want to say that like yeah. right on the top, but I know that you have the same perspective about it. And this also would make rich very, very angry, you know, for, for me to, you know, he was like, he's like, you know, you don't, you don't really know what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. I really don't cause I'm not an addict, Right. but my viewpoint is, you know, AA is an amazing place and, uh, you know, like it's a great place to be born but uh, I wouldn't want to die there. So what I'm saying is, is it's a beginning step, but it's not the end of the road. And so, you know, and there, there is a, you know, a cosmos to travel after that identity of I am an alcoholic. Yeah. I, um, you know, I get a lot of emails and messages from people who, um, who hate AA or who just had a hard time fitting in an AA or who fear AA who write to me and, um, you know, they want to bond about, you know, they, they say, you know, well, um, you know, they want to bond about the distaste for AA because you don't, and you don't, uh, you I, don't I, go to AA. I don't go and, I've, don't never, work a I, and I've never, I've never subscribed. Okay. You know, it. I mean, I've gone in, you know, I've gone with rich. I've, you know, I've gone in support of other people. I've gone out of curiosity, but it's never been, it never, it never took hold, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, um, but this is the thing, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people write to me saying, um, you know, I want to do what you did, but I don't know how to do it. How do I do it? And I'm, I was, and <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm too, too old or too busy to like fuss around with it anymore. So I say, you know, if you want to stop drinking, you put the fucking bottle down and you never pick it up again. That's how you stop. If you're writing me to ask me how to do it, you're probably looking for a shortcut. You're probably not ready to do it. Maybe you should go to AA because that's the thing that you fear the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if you think, um, if you think that you don't need AA, then prove it. You know, in, in my instance, um, I didn't need it and, um, I might find out down the line that I do. And if I do, I'll go. Um, I, I, I don't support, I got to choose my words carefully I know, here. It's... I don't support a lot of the rhetoric that comes out of the program 
I support every single person in the program. I want everybody to find their happiness, to be better, to feel better, whether they're an alcoholic or uh, an overeater or an incest survivor or whatever it is that people are going through. I want them to to feel better, to find their happiness, what, however, whatever path works for them. Um, I, I love rich period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a lot of my friends who are in AA and I've learned, you know, immeasurable amounts of wisdom from them. And I'm, you know, and I absolutely value that, but I knew it wasn't right for me. And I know that it's not right for me at this time. And, and I think that, I think that had I gone to AA, had I taken that route, that I would be a very different person than who I am right now. And, you know, now my, my sobriety belongs to me. It's my creation. I did it, you know, I did it myself. I'm very proud of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But also, Julie, you know, like it, you know, me taking the route of doing it solo that fits in very neatly with my hard headedness and me being a loner Mm -hmm. and my solitary instinct and like, Oh, screw all you guys. I'm going to do this on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, um, is, so is that, was that a smart intuitive decision that I made of using a character trait that had been a weakness to make it a strength or was it, um, am I finding a way to continue my illness outside of AA or was it a lucky flip of the coin? Mm-hmm. I'll never know, we'll but never know. I'm happy with where I am right now. Well, that's good. Know? That's the important thing. I mean, what do they call that? Uh, I think Rich told me a term for that the other day called something like terminal uniqueness or something. Is that an AA term? <laughs> I, I haven't heard that, but that, that's another thing that, that chafes with me about, um, about AA mm-hmm. is that they have so many, they have a term for sort of every human emotion around AA. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they have sort of a diagnosis for everything that you right. feel. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I care about you and I value you. So I'm not going to say that everything that you experience falls into this category exactly. or that cor- right. category or that. Yeah. Or you know, s- I mean, that's by the same you know, to carry that logic to, you know, to another area, they say, oh, there's only seven stories in humanity of, you know, right. sort of, you know, oh, so, so you and I should just stop writing. Right. Those, cause those stories have been told, right? Or stop living. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, to, to, it's already been done to quote a friend of mine, uh, existing is plagiarism, right? Right. All, <laughs> you know, all the lives have been lived, you know, it's already been done. And I say, no, fuck that. Right. If, if like, if I feel happy mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. it's it's totally unique. No, I would say that. I mean, I would t- I would completely back that up. I would say that every single every single one of us is completely individual and completely unique. And what I always tell people, you know, about spirituality is that, you know, my journey home is not going to look like yours. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the, sort of the illusion when we're young and we're naive and we want somebody to like tap us on the head with a wand and you know, enlighten me, you know, and, and we, we have adoring eyes and we're looking, you know, at somebody who's, you know, who's mastered different levels of, of awareness with, you know, kind of celebrity, quite frankly. And, um, uh, it's just never going to look the same. So all you can do at the end of the day, when you put your head on that pillow is have lived your own life because at the end, 
you know, it doesn't matter how much you adored somebody else or how much you look to somebody else's journey. So it really, really is about getting in touch with you. And that's what I think I experienced reading your book is seeing that, you know, for a young man, I don't even really know how old you are, but you know, for a young man to have gone through the process of even reviewing your life by writing that memoir and going into those places. I mean, just that, that process is quite expansive. And so I see somebody who is, you know, really looking at your life and looking at, um, you know, what, what are the lessons and what are the gifts from the journey? And, you know, I, I do think that you have a tremendous amount of goodness in you and, um, you know, you, you don't portray quite as dark as what I think what you feel. Um, and I don't like a lot of it. I just, it's just a journey. You know what I mean? It's just well, a you, you know, you say it again, I'm going to stop agreeing with you, but you, you, <laughs> you carefully phrased it in a way that I, that I feel strongly is, you know, is, is the right, you know, is, or is a more valuable way of looking at it, which is that, you know, not that I'm a good person, but that I have good in me. I don't believe in good, good people or bad people. I mean, we mm-hmm. all like, we're all weak. We're all, um, we all do the right thing. Sometimes we all do the wrong thing. Sometimes there is no good, good person or bad person. You, you do good things or you do bad things, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I'm, I'm trying hard to do good things now. Sometimes I do them. Sometimes I don't, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, but even when I was a drunk, I tried to do good things, you know, cause I love well, my I mom. I heard from your book that you actually were kind of a fun drunk. People kind of liked you. <laughs> they enjoyed you. There, there was a significant contingent of, um, my friends who, um, when they found out I had stopped drinking, they were like, this is a terrible loss <laughs> for our community. <laughs> this is, uh, you were one of the greatest of all time. And I was like, well, thanks. I, that's not how, not how I remember it. Right, but, right, right. That's um, amazing. Well, I have another, actually, and this is, maybe you can help me with this. This was extremely fascinating uh, reading your book that um, I, I read, you described um, alcoholism as a, as a creature of sorts as some sort of, uh, attachment or, or, uh, organism or being or something that was actually in your body. And can, do you remember that part? Can you describe that? To oh me? yeah. No, I was, I was running, um, uh, one day when that came to me where I, um, I just had, I was just running, my brain was churning and I just had a vision of, um, alcoholism or addiction as this sort of, uh, lobster scorpion alien, you know, at the base of my spine with its pinchers, you know, holding on to my, my spinal cord and, um, you know, something, something that is there, something that is there right now, something that'll always be there that, uh, that I just have in me like a, like a parasite. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's a parasite that I built a parasite of my creation that I built by bad decisions and not one bad decision, but another after another, after another, after another. And, uh, and the way to, um, the way to minimize it or the, the way to strip power from it or the way to, to make it go away is just to, to keep making good decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, and, and, and 
you know, good decisions, you know, for me are, you know, um, staying in bed late one day, allowing myself to sleep in, uh, playing with dogs that that's, that is always good for me. Mm -hmm. My new year's resolution was every day that I'm at my sister's house to not just to pat the dogs, but to get down on my hands and knees with them in the yard every single day that I'm there mm -hmm. and play with the dogs, let their gross and dusty and shedding and just get the dog filth on you every day. It's a powerful antidepressant, <laughs> you know, and like just get down with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so, you know, in the same way that people are individual and unique addiction is individual and unique and the good decisions you need to make to rob the power from your addiction, the thing that robbed power from you, mm -hmm. um, those good decisions you need to make are different for each person, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you can't make a program around that, a universal program. Yeah. When, pe when people say, how, how do I quit drinking? My advice to them is figure it out. Mm -hmm. is you figure it out. That's what you have to do. I can tell you how I quit drinking mm -hmm. and hopefully there's something. And, and that's what I tried to do in this book was spell out, break it down for people. Um, why I drank, how I drank, um, why I stopped, how I stopped, how I stayed quit, how I stayed quit when I was, you know, put up against adversity, you know, how I, how I kept to that. Um, and I hope that it helps people. And if their process is radically different, that's totally cool with me. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully it, you know, there's something in there that, that will be helpful to people. But, um, but what was most important for me was just to, to confess that secret, you know, and just, just spill the beans, just, mm -hmm. you know, air all the dirty laundry and get it out. Well, that was my favorite part of your book. Um, it was because, um, it really was a connection for me. Um, and the reason is, you know, I was talking to you about, about AA. The reason that I was expressing what I was expressing is because after being in relationship with Rich, with Rich for 17 years, he is not healed of alcoholism, right? So alco alcoholism still exists. And I describe it as an entity, as, a, as a, basically an attachment, another energy that is not him, that will suddenly come upon him or come out of him you know, I believe that it is uh, likely lodged inside his liver, which is associated with drinking and also with anger and with this, these kind of emotions. And so I've done, you know, I'm a healer. Uh, I, don't, I don't talk about this that publicly, but I have been doing, I do sort of a psychic kind of surgery that happens in the etheric. It happens in another dimension than here. And it deals with removing attachments. So um, what you described to me in your book, or uh, unknowingly to you, what the you described to horseshoes me... Horseshoes neatly. With yeah, the they're just all lining up. That's the universal I just blundered beauty. right into your trap. <laughs> you, did. you did. So I was just reading this going, you know, yes, like that's it. But that's exactly it. And the thing is, it's, it's really fascinating, this whole pro process. So anyway, so my comments about AA isn't that I don't appreciate AA. I have an amazing relationship because of AA, because I have a, a husband and a partner who is able to take his own inventory. And when we get into a conflict, we actually stop. And we have this really deep um, healing from it. And I've never experienced that with anybody. So, so how beautiful is that, that AA gave that to us? So that's wonderful. And also... 
I'm about transformation and self-realization and complete healing, healing into the divine blueprint that we all were created, healing beyond any of this miasm or this pain and suffering and brutality of planet Earth, you know, that mm -hmm. we all share collectively. You know, it's not just, mm -hmm. it's not just one alcoholic, it's not just one addict, it's the whole collective that we're all dealing with. So my, one of my quests or one of my um, just... Um, feelings intuitively was that um, I, I'm, I'm exploring this discovery on how to heal this alcoholic entity, this addiction entity out of the body, actually remove it and heal it and transform it to something. But see, you gave me a huge head start because you've already seen it yourself. That had nothing to do with me whatsoever. I mean, you described it exactly. And you said it was in a moment of running. So that's when you're in your, you're in your zone. Mishka, the personality is not there for a mm -hmm. moment and boom, you're given like this sight. So, um, I would love to, um, offer or, or, you know, just whenever, whenever, or if ever you want to explore it, um, I would love to do a healing session with you and, um, see, see what happens, see what we would stumble upon. For example, um, a couple days this, ago, this is a quintessential part of <laughs> podcasting with anybody from this house <laughs> is you guys always get me on the podcast and then like spring something on me. And it's, well, you know, I don't know if you, if you've been listening to my podcast, but the funny, the interesting thing is, is that we do one, I do one episode and then I do a healing technique. Mm -hmm. And so this healing technique if you allowed me to do it and you did it with me would be so fascinating to have as a, as a companion of the episode, but you know, uh, uh, of course I'm yeah. going to do it. Oh, yeah. yay. I mean, going to do it. Listen, How cool. Uh, so, you, you, you don't get, it says you don't get that. I know. You don't get Mishka the just that has says, a new tattoo that says no regrets spelled K N O W with you a heart. You don't get that don't without get that. trying every, every single, single thing. stupid. Well, new this thing was, I was along. in this moment. Yeah. So I've been doing this kind of healing for many, many, many years. And, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, the mind is very powerful and very skeptical, even my mind, you know, I mean, it's good to have a skeptical mind. You don't just want to believe everything, you know, somebody tells you. Stop. So <laughs> wait, we're supposed to be arguing. <laughs> so the thing is, is, you know, when I first was hearing of, you know, my first experiences with exploring, you know, what was beyond this planet and what was beyond our body, you know, I had moments where I was standing in the driveway, just holding my head in my hands, like I'm going insane, or this person is crazy. And they told me this, and they must be crazy. So it's been, you know, many years of me getting acclimated, but I had this once again, really powerful experience. I, um, I had a major massive headache last week for five days. It was uh, a result of a interaction with um, uh, a karmic situation, I'll just say, and that's it. And it lasted for a very, a very long time. It was very, very difficult, me, difficult for me. And I, I, I'm sure that the other person on the other side, it was equally as difficult for them. So mm -hmm. it was just very difficult situation. So, um, I was at Brad's trying to get my podcast up on Friday and this was after days of trying to heal it, of taking homeopathic, of, you know, doing this healing, that healing, blah, blah, doing everything. The only thing I hadn't done was chase the pain out of my head, which was one 
technique I did a few weeks back, which is extraordinary, but you need someone to sit with you for an hour to do it or you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I'm sitting on the lying on the floor. I have ice cubes on the back of my neck and I'm thinking urgent care. I'm just like, okay, I've, I have five days. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, but I know that those shots don't even work. I mean, they, they, you don't really feel that good afterwards. And then I have to deal with the residue of the medicine. So at, just as a last ditch resort, I'm sitting there in the chair and I start doing this psychic surgery on myself. So Brad's sitting there just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm talking out loud, saying all kinds of crazy things like, you know, take this cording out of that and I feel it going down my shoulder and I'm describing in an intuitive moment the same description that you gave about your your alcoholic entity. And I'm describing it. And meanwhile, my mind is going, Brad thinks you're an insane person, but I keep going because I'm in a lot of pain. So I do this whole thing for five minutes and I stop, I finish and... Within 30 seconds, 100% of the pain was completely gone. And I sat up, and he's like, you're better. And I was like, it's gone. I go, that is hilarious. I mean, it was so, like, so just unimaginable, like, un you know, unthinkable that, that that could happen from speaking those things and clearing energies and reclaiming your energies and setting boundaries. So the kind of healing that I do, I don't even touch you. I just say it. And you... You would describe that that entity to me, and I would take you through the process. the The greatest pleasure you can feel on Earth, I don't think, is pleasure, but relief from pain. Oh, that, isn't it? I I mean, I uh, I've had this back issue for a while, and when I was down in Mexico, there was a you know little you know four foot nothing you know Mexican woman who sunk her elbow four inches into my back and I was in so much pain that I felt like I was levitating on the massage table there. And then afterwards, <laughs> when I got up, I wanted to like weep and hug her because I, I just felt so grateful. I, I was like, know. that's been hurting forever and now it doesn't hurt. You know? Well, it's like, such a shift of experience, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you, you're just in mass, you're in massive pain, just completely in, incapacitated. And then the second that it's gone, like you don't need like an hour to recover or even lie down yeah. or you're just you like, it's so gone. Much. Let's go rollerblading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much gratitude. So, so much like that. So, um, I mean, before we, uh, because I, I would like to do the healing technique in a different episode, so we'll, we'll cut it and I'd like you to lie down and just get comfy and all that stuff. And we can just have fun, which would be great. And yeah, you yeah. might even be free of your entity by the time you go, which would, Hey, think about that. I will. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, one of the things that I appreciate about the dialogue that I have with you, that I have with Rich on the podcast and that I have with you off the podcast is that, um, you know, I have my convictions about what I believe and what I don't believe. And, um, you guys keep giving me new stuff to think about, you know, <laughs> and, and I, um, I prefer, uh, being proved wrong. Because when you're when you believe something and then you're proved wrong, you learn something. Mm-hmm. If you're proven right, it's just it's just fluffing mm-hmm. your ego. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in information, you know. And every once in a while, something will happen where I'm like, oh, oh I was totally wrong about that. <laughs> Shit. Okay, that's great. You know, that means I'm. You know, Robin Arzone said something to me a year ago. I was like, ah fuck you that's not right and then like you know 10 times over the next nine months it came back to me and i was like 
oh, okay, <laughs> all right, you're right. It's like working with a good editor where they'll, they'll make a change to your story. You're like, no, it's my story. How can you change my story? Get out of here. You don't belong there. And then you're like, oh, no, I need an editor. <laughs> I needed that edit. I needed somebody to go and put their hands in there and move it around and say, no, this belongs there. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. I couldn't see that. It's so good. Well, it's yeah. good that you're open to the to the information when it comes. And Yeah, yeah. It's a battle to stay open, but you do. You, try. you love the battle. Oh, yeah. I like that like nothing else, <laughs> no, man. I'd rather no. fight than anything else. You could else. say that about me as well, and I don't really know if I really do love the battle. I, <laughs> I think I, I, uh, I underestimate sometimes what things are going to take, but I'm game. I'm, I, I think you love when the battle is over. I do. I do. Well, my astrologer calls my chart blood, guts, and glory. <laughs> so I do get the glory part for sure. That's great. Which is really, it, it's extraordinary. I mean, it really is extraordinary, but... Yeah, you know, I um, the the alcoholic entity thing. I just think so many people suffer from addiction, and you know, it's addiction awareness is at a certain level, and I just feel like there's more places we can go with it. So I'm not saying to throw out the things that work, like AA, if it's working for you, you know, please do not throw it out. Please continue to work the steps, and it certainly has, you know, helped and you know, really saved Rich's life. I just um, think that we all have the opportunity to continue to expand and transform. And so I'm really looking for ways, uh, one way through this uh, kind of um, psychic surgery and multidimensional clearing. Um, also, just in the physical body, I think there's a great opportunity to do cleansing, but I would, I would recommend it in an Ayurvedic sense, in an Indian uh, Eastern medicine science uh, where it's a, a panchakarma to clear the the liver, which would need to be done in most cases um, maybe four or five times, mm -hmm. because the samskaras or the memories of that uh, of that energetic they're lodged in your liver. Um, so there, it's interesting. You know, you it can you can come around to it a few different ways. But I thought it was truly brilliant that an atheist my dear friend Mishka, would describe the very entity that I've, I mean, I haven't even described it to Rich in that, in that sense. And I didn't even tell him that I had discovered that about you because I was waiting. I wanted him to hear the podcast when we did it. Um, well, we, we will totally do this psychic surgery. Yeah. Um, I have to share with you a funny story yes. of something that's happened to me in the last year, a way in which I've gotten better. Um, so around this time last year, I guess, January, I, <clears throat> um, I, you know, I released a record and so I was dragged out on this tour, which was, uh, 38 shows in 40 days, did five podcasts and two lengthy phone interviews while we're traveling across the country. So it was fucking brutal. It was, you know, and, um, and it's a, it was a very, people were like, what the hell are you doing? You know, going from dive bar to dive bar, singing my old songs, my drinking songs in open praise of oblivion and throwing your life away in nihilism, sober. And people were like, this is going to undo you. This is, you know, um, a year later, I feel so much better about all that shit. And I really feel like all the disparate parts of my life are more integrated 
um, you know, coming together with people like you and Rich, you know, people in, you know, the, the wellness community, the recovery community, endurance community, health, people like Doug Stanhope, who is, you know, the most brilliant vulgarian of our time. Um, you know, all my, like all my people in recovery, all my people who are still out there, who I still love with no caveats. Um, the, you know, and sort of like just bringing it all together, like being out there in the trenches, in the van, in the bar every night. Um, it's sort of part of it is what we talked about in, uh, you know, the like secrets are only, you know, only right. hold power when they're secret. Mm-hmm. And um, so often, you know, if you have a nebulous thing in your mind that's bothering you, this fear of the unknown, if you just, just make a list of the things that are bothering you or that you're fearful of, it's like, oh, I have to, I have to change the cat litter and I have to do my taxes. That That's not... That's not a malign presence. That's just some some chores I don't want to do. Um, you know, and I also, I, I like, um, you know, I recall that amazing line at the end of uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie where she, she just says, you have no power over me. And being on the road, being in those bars, being with, being singing drinking songs to drinking people made me realize that I'm totally comfortable being sober and I'm totally comfortable with them drinking. And, uh, I don't have to be afraid of them. They need to be afraid of me, (laughs) you know? Right. Exactly. Well, I love that. I I was just down at Stanhope's for Super Bowl, and people were just getting hammered all weekend. And I got to this point that I don't, I really don't think I've gotten to in my sobriety yet where, nobody could tell that I wasn't drinking, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where I want to be. I want to, in my sober life, be able to, to have fun as if I were two drinks deep, you know, <laughs> to be able to get loose, to be able to, um, to be able to, you know, to have fun and, and just mm-hmm. enjoy myself, you know? And I, and I really think I got there just from, just from touring and from being back in a, in, you know, in a situation, in a place that I feared and walking in and being like, oh man, this this is nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like seeing a scary shape in your bedroom and then you turn on the lights and you're like, oh, dude, that was the house plant. But it actually was like a very advanced tantric practice that you did because they have this like a tradition of, of tantra and it's, it's an agora the agora practice and they go into the cremation grounds and they sit in the cremation grounds and meditate um, amongst the burning flesh. And that's a, it's a spiritual practice of facing your demons of facing that, you know, head on. And that's really what you did. You went and sat right in it. It's crazy. You know, I mean, I, I come in here, uh, you know, the, the atheist, the voice of, you know, cold reason and stuff like that. But there, there have just been, there have been so many echoes that it's, it's bizarre to me that, um, you know, what I was thinking about when I was, you know, the book and how difficult the book for, you know, was for me is that I had to crawl back into the cave I had just crawled out of. You know, and that's very, very much that resonates very much with what you just said about, you know, meditating in the, um, 
you know, and also, um, I think that's the best solution to the no worries thing. No, I mean, we live in a, we live in a world full of worries. Look, there, death is all around us. Yeah, look at it. Let's still find a way mm. to play with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I think you and I have that alignment. I think we're very tantric just in origin and the way that we are. And I mean, that's, you know, tantric doesn't mean sex uh, only. It is part of who we are as beings. Um, but uh, tantra is a very present sort of very visceral way of living. So like um, a tantric practice could be changing your kid's diapers. Uh, it could be, um, you know, looking at death, like being, you know, just whatever's happening, you're very, very, very present with it. And, you know, because I have so many kids and my life has been what it is, one of transformation where I've gone through, you know, many, many deaths and rebirths. Um, that's just how it is for me. And and I know I'm not, um, I'm not a love and lighter. Like mm. I don't, you know, um, I don't think that, you know, the planet is ascending into a, a f the fifth dimension. Uh, I d there's a lot of trans, there's a lot of shifting and there's, you know, I can tell you some other stuff that would blow, that would blow your mind that, you know, I find to be my experience. But, um, you know, the, again, the process of evolution, the process of enlightenment, if you want to call it that is, uh, goes on forever and it goes on way beyond this system and way beyond, you know, what we know as our life. Uh, so the thing that I'm advocating and that I, sh I, share uh, by just sharing my experience is that there's a lot more to the story than what we're looking at in these human bodies. And I have no doubt that you are a very expanded soul who has come here to play around with some of these polarities and these extremes of experience. And you have nothing but uh, complete unconditional love and neutrality and really celebration for who you are and what you're doing here. And I don't find any disparity between Mishka's life and Srimati's life. I, I, I'm so disappointed in us <laughs> for that. I was like, well, I mean, I, thank you. And also, um, I, I, you know, I think you're such a smart person and I think you have such a formidable intellect. And I was like really looking forward to us like getting into like it. Like fighting. More. Yeah. No. My, one of my closest relationships is, um, a friend who's a you know um his, a his name is bill w oh okay literally literally yes oh, i was and, like okay uh, code word yeah i know no, his name is bill w and um he's a veteran of aa and um twice or three times a week when i was living in new york we'd meet up in the park and he was my boxing partner and we'd beat the snot out of each other mm. and um i i absolutely love the guy and you know um, it's own, and he's a student of literature. He's a, uh, you know, recovering rock and roll degenerate. He's, um, you know, sober. So we had so much to talk about, but also we couldn't have had, um, that violent relationship without mutual love and respect. And then going into that and like doing battle with each other and sort of, you know, I finally taught him to throw a good right hand and just about put me on my back. And uh, that was my happiest moment of working with him is where I was like, wow, you like, learned. Wow, you really hit me hard. Like, <laughs> like wow, I'm a good teacher. That, that's, that, that's that fucking fantastic. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not fighting with you. So All right, we'll you're not going to be able to punch one. me and I'm not punching you back either. No, I did this thing is um, 
I don't think really uh, God or consciousness or the cosmos really really cares if anybody's religious or really cares, you know what you know what um, tradition we pick up when we're here to explore. I think it's more about what do you, what did you learn? You know, where did mm. the learning come? Where did the I'm transformation come? I'm all about come? learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all it is, and it's so um, yeah. It's uh, and the the way that I weather the the trenches and the battles and the suffering that goes on in a human life is uh, by um, embracing the perspective of extreme faith. And I always um, find a spiritual perspective for really every single thing. And um, you could say that might be because I'm weak and I can't stand the suffering, but I just can't reconcile it. I can't reconcile how a mother would ever have to lose her child. Or yeah. I just can't. It's yeah. so for me. I mean, it may have, may be out of a weakness of knowing that um, to see the body decay, to see uh, humans inflict suffering on each other at such a vile level, and you know, just all kinds of suffering on the planet. Um, the only way I can stand to be here is by knowing and holding that there is a higher existence, that there is a way through. In no way do I think that empathy is weakness. I, I think it takes a lot of strength to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks so much for coming on Thank Divine Throughline. Thank you. And uh, you're going to sing something for us today? Yeah. Um, do you have something worked I out? I think I do. It'll take me a minute. We to may figure have to take it out. A, take I was a like fantasizing of, you know, it'd be really great if I could like ash, ask Mishka to sing like, muskrat love or some carpenters or something just completely out of his box but i'm sure you didn't prepare any of that so next time next Next time time. we'll see well and we do we really do have to find a a duet moment for srimati and mishka to come together it's it would be like the dark and the light merging in the neutrality of some song and the, so we'll the, the boys out. band is so great. Oh, like thank that, you. that would be, you know, that we are going to make that happen okay. this year. We're definitely going to do They're going to back us and do them. that. But the song that I'm going to play is the first song that I've finished uh, since I got sober. Oh. And it's, um, it's, you know, it's about a dark moment because that's when I, when I write is when I need to comfort myself. Okay. But um, it just seemed like the appropriate one to play. Beautiful. All right. Can't wait. Thanks so much. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> you said it. I'm ready. It's going to be the hardest performance you ever did to I one know. person, I one know. adoring fan <laughs> sitting at your feet. <laughs> Not that the heart has stopped beating It's just moved to marking time It's not that the lungs have stopped breathing They still deflate and rise Tear ducts micturate, then they dry. 
Nerve endings wither, calcify It's not that the body has stopped working Like it ever had the choice to resign It's not that the cells have stopped growing They've grown monstrous They divide and divide and divide and divide and divide Your new body's brighter and boring How do you intend to excise all these Vestigial organs Cause I cannot change I will not evolve I am an artifact I'm the last of my kind You will encounter me In the pages of a textbook too scared to move ahead So stubborn I was left behind My tiny brain My thick skull I'm the last of my kind I'm your payphone, your calling card, your Tattered atlas, a relic, a curio, a useless artifact, yeah. Mixtapes, photo albums, a late night, long distance phone call. It used to mean something, but just what? We can't recall now Your world's moving forward Yeah, it's thriving Where do you intend to bury this survivor? Cause I cannot change I will not evolve I am an artifact I'm the last of my kind You will encounter me In the pages of a textbook Too scared to move ahead So stubborn I was left behind My tiny brain Buried in my thick skull I'm the last of my kind My tiny brain Buried in my thick skull I'm the last of my kind That was basically it. <laughs>
If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate. And check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I dot com. You can also find me at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. I just want to take a minute and uh, say thank you to all the listeners and everybody who's been joining me uh, each week here on Divine Throughline. We now have hit 60,000 downloads, just really incredible. We had a very successful launch. Um, The eight weeks are up, and I managed to upload two episodes a week for the entire time, which is uh, really a miracle in and of itself. And I just, I couldn't have done it without the support of all of you. I would like to acknowledge, um, as love, Hasina, thank you. Alice, Maria, Rebecca, Wesley, Lisa, Karen, Alicia, and Into the Heart, Charlotte, and Lindsay. Thank you guys so, so, so very much. Uh, Because of you, we are able to keep the show going and uh, give uh, Brad much-deserved uh, attention that he needs. <laughs> so anyway, thank you really from the bottom of my heart. I greatly appreciate it. And I think that it's safe to say that we have a show established and I will continue to explore topics um, that I feel are relevant to the human experience, that I feel are relevant to the human experience. I will also um, do my best to answer your questions. So if you have any topics that you would like addressed or you have anything that you are looking for some perspective on in your life, please email me at srimatimusic at gmail. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I music at gmail.com. I will do my best to address those questions in the coming weeks and the episodes. So thank you so much for your participation in this expression. And also thank you for uh, joining me in my own evolution and my own spiritual expansion because the energy and the experience is never one way. So you guys are loving me and creating me into my best, most authentic self and allowing me to step into this role as being sort of a way shower and uh, someone who's holding a light on the spiritual path is a great honor. I take it uh, with extreme gratitude and reverence and dedication and commitment. Um, and um, I just feel very, very blessed. So thank you all so much for your incredible support and for your presence uh, in this expression. Namaste. Buried in my thick skull I'm the last of my kind